0: Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast-to-Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain.
1: Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death, and so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. What if you woke up tomorrow morning and knew the reality of the afterlife? You knew that you could never die, that you were getting signs from your loved ones in the afterlife, and that they're only a thought away. You talk to them often knowing that your life is for a purpose and that one day you'll take your last breath on earth and they'll be the first ones to greet you. Do you think you'd live differently right now? While I may not have a magic wand to get you to that point, I'll do everything I can throughout the episodes of this show to help you know the reality of the afterlife to give you a better life now. Not just giving you a peaceful life now, but giving you one of adventure. That's what your soul yearns for. New experiences, new emotions, opportunities to feel joy, help others, and set out and accomplish your dreams. All of those are common to people who have had near-death experiences. They get to see the bigger picture of life and live their life differently. We all want to live our lives differently in one way or another, we each have problems to deal with, things that stress us out, and we'd love an opportunity for a new start. Think of every New Year's Day that's ever happened. What do we do? New Year's resolutions. This year will be different, we say. We'll stop doing this or that, and we'll change our lives for the better. But how many people do you think stick to their goals? Less than 10% who set out these resolutions actually keep up these habits in the first month. There must be another way, you say. There is. Did you ever see the movie or read the book, The Secret? It's about how our thoughts can change our lives. We all know someone negative, don't we? And negative things seem to happen to them. We may also know positive people who seem joyful always and seem to put things in perspective, not sweating the small stuff. Our minds are very powerful, and whether or not you believe in the afterlife right now, what if you started to live like you do? You've probably heard that if you're in a bad mood and put a smile on your face for 30 seconds, you'll feel better. Or try this. If you stand up and put your knuckles on your hips for a minute in the Superman pose, you'll feel more powerful. But living life as if the afterlife is real. That can help in many ways, even bring about some miracles. Those in the afterlife can make things happen with their thoughts. They think it, and it happens. We here on Earth also have that soul power. It's no secret, and our thoughts, fueled by our emotions, can do some amazing things. However, we have the illusion of time. Things may not happen instantaneously like they would for us in the afterlife. Instead of making a resolution, try gratitude. I think gratitude fuels all dreams coming true. It's not just saying the words. It's feeling that sense of being truly thankful. I once did a 28-day gratitude exercise. Many times a day, I said thank you and felt gratitude for the little things and the big things in my life. I even wrote down things that I wanted to have happen as if they have already happened and gave gratitude for them too. Keeping a journal, I kept track of how much gratitude I gave and paid attention to the things that were happening in my life. Not only did I feel happier than usual in those 28 days, all kinds of good things happened, including those things I gave gratitude for that hadn't yet happened. Rhonda Byrne, who wrote the book, The Secret, also wrote a book called The Magic. It contains instructions for a 28-day gratitude project. Many of my friends have done this too and have reported unpredictable great things that have happened in their lives that they can only attribute to the magic of gratitude. Why not make gratitude your New Year's or Anytime Resolution? Now, I mentioned near-death experiences. I'd like to share with you a conversation I had with a man named John Davis. John lives in Colorado, isn't famous, hasn't written a book, but did have a near-death experience. His descriptive journey gives a little taste of what it's like to be welcomed into the afterlife. And I'm pleased that I'm the first person to interview him about his story. Let's listen.
2: When I was 21 years old, I was riding a moped, or what's what's called now a scooter, mm-hmm. and I was just riding along and I lost control. I was trying to avoid hitting a squirrel that ran out in front of me, and I lost control of the bike and I slammed into a tree. And the way that I landed, I landed on my right hand in such a way with my whole body that I tore tendons from the bones in my hand, and I had to go in and have surgery. I had never had surgery before of any kind. So I was in the operating room and they went to inject the anesthesia. They were going to knock me out, do the surgery, and then I'd be on my way. Well, something happened. When they were giving me the anesthesia, I could feel it, and when it got to my heart, I had some kind of allergic reaction and I died right there on the table. In one instance, I closed my eyes, and in the next instant, I was in some place completely and totally different from where I was in the hospital. So I stood up, and I was in, and this is where all the experience, everything that happened, happened at the beginning of this experience when I opened up my eyes in in this place, in this building. So I stood up, and not really realizing that I had died. I didn't really know where I was. I just knew I was looking at the most beautiful building that I had ever seen. And as this progressed, I got the idea that something did happen, and that I had died, but that wasn't for a little while into it. When I was looking out at this building, somebody behind me, someone somewhere, had orchestrated this entire event, and had also told me, was audibly telling me what I was seeing. I was in a building, and try to imagine if you can, because I don't, I don't have, of course, any pictures. But I'm just gonna <laughs> you to... didn't
1: take any pictures <laughs>
2: when you were there. <laughs> you know what? Why, why didn't I do that? I should have done that. Oh, you, didn't,
1: <laughs> you didn't have the iPhone then. You couldn't do a selfie. Exactly, exactly.
2: Oh I man, my, my phone. I told
1: you this okay, would be funny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, back so to you. I a video recorder. Sure. So I looked at this building. It was as far as I could see. It was a corridor, just this beautiful long white marble corridor that I couldn't see the end to. That's how long it was. If you can picture in your mind doorways to your left down this beautiful, ornate, gorgeous, white marble, clean, beautiful hallway, and there were doors. It was like they were cut out of the marble. Beautiful white doorways going all the way down this corridor as far as you could see. And there were no doors on them. Someone said, look inside the, the, the hall, look inside this doorway or this hallway. So I looked inside the doorway, the one that was closest to me, and it was like looking out into space. There was no fear. There was no worry. They were just. It looked like beautiful stars, like you would see if you looked out in the stars at night. And that's what these doorways looked like. They were hallways or passageways, tunnels. But those tunnels led to Earth. Right to the right of that door, or all of these doorways, about maybe four or five feet in front of these doorways, were marble tables with benches on each side. And there were two people sitting at each table, all the way down on all these tables. It could easily be thousands and thousands of these doorways and thousands and thousands of these tables right in front of, the, right in front of this hallway or this, this corridor. And there were two people sitting at every single table all the way down. And do you recall what the Parthenon looks like in Greece? Yes. Okay, good. Some of those Greek, Greek-looking buildings, Roman-looking yes. buildings, a lot of these were Greek-looking buildings. The voice said to me, this is an orientation center. This is a place that helps people orientate back from their earth life. The voice said to me, look at the door to your left. And just then there was a man coming through. And these doors were probably seven feet high, maybe four or five feet wide. They were kind of of large doorways. He put his left hand up on the ledge to push himself through this doorway. And his right arm was clutching his right chest, kind of like people do when they have chest pain. And I was told that he had died on earth and he had had a heart attack. So the minute that he walked up into this doorway, there was a woman who was sitting there at the table. She got up and she walked over to him and she took his hands in hers led him back down to the table and they sat down and they started talking and at this point i was too far away to hear what she was saying to him but as i was watching this just kind of being amazed at where i was something happened to this gentleman he died about 80 something years old on the earth when she was talking to him and holding his hands his appearance began to change and it changed from one of an 80 year old man to a man who was in his 30s or 40s after that he stood up he walked to the right he walked past that marble column down three steps into the most beautiful garden i had ever seen the grass was absolutely perfect a perfect color green and there were flowers and plants everywhere. And what this was, he was in the, he was in an orientation center where these counselors explained to him he had finished his earth life and that he had now come back home again. And the reason that the counselors are there, I was told, is because when people are in their lifetime, they forget where they come from. And the reason is, is because they're supposed to forget where they come from. And that's because if they remember the other side, they won't complete the test that they set for themselves.
1: I'll be back in just a minute with John J. Davis, but did you know near-death experiences are very common? In America alone, more than 200,000 cases are reported every year. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal
3: Podcast Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. With BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot slash Shades.
2: When you drive a vehicle
1: so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner.
3: Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
4: We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up.
5: (laughs) You couldn't believe it.
4: From iHeart Podcasts. It's
5: like the police knew who he was before they got here
4: The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting for you now. Go to -to coasttocoastam.com
5: for details. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows.
1: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are with John Davis as he shares his near-death experience, telling the journey of a person first arriving into the afterlife.
2: So what happened is he walked down these three steps to the right, and he met with all of his family and friends. Anyone who would pass before him, he was greeting them on the other side after he had his orientation, So, which is profound that we don't actually age. And the voice told me, here, we don't die, and we don't age. But most people choose to be around the age of 30. So I just thought it was amazing that the others that had passed before knew when he was crossing over. And then the counselors that greet him, they simply talk with him, explain to him that he had a lifetime. He lived to a certain age. This is how he passed. And now he's coming back home again. And from what I saw, when she was holding his hands and his image, his visage, appearance began to change. That's when he began to realize or remember what had really happened, that we come from there. That's our real home. Here on the earth, this, this isn't our real home. This is just a place that we are temporarily, that we come to, to learn lessons We can't learn to pass tests in a perfect environment. There's no negativity, which is what it's like on the other side, just pure love, that we can't learn those lessons. So we come into the earth, we forget who we really are to see how we'll do with what we've chosen to accomplish. This whole process was somehow orchestrated for me because they would move me to one place to another in the first place was that orientation center. The next place, and and they sh- and every time they moved me, they moved me to outside the building so I could see what it looked like. The next one they moved me to had a round top, a dome, kind of like the Roman Pantheon building. It was this beautiful, again, beautiful white marble building with a white dome. And I was told that there... That is the place that we all go to when we plan our lives for Earth, that we actually sit down with what are called our guides, and they help us plan for our lifetimes. What do we want to accomplish? What do we want to learn? Do we want to learn patience or love or respect? Whatever whatever the main themes of our lives are, we write those and we chart them. And when I was standing there, there's all these tables where people are working on planning their lives, what they want to accomplish. And there was a table in front of me that had two scrolls on it, like old-fashioned parchment paper scrolls with a red ribbon and one had a blue ribbon. Well, I was able to unwrap the red one, and I could see that it was written in black calligraphy writing. It was, it was gorgeous, just the way it was written out. When I, and when I went to be able to read it, the scroll rolled up by itself. So I wasn't able to read it. And I think the reason was because it would nullify whatever tests that I was supposed to to be going through. If I knew the test ahead of time or if I knew the question ahead of time, I wouldn't pass the test. And the voice said that we plan our lives and we plan all the major events of our lifetime on the earth. There isn't a whole lot of things that just happen for no reason. And when I looked up, I could see a beautiful window, and I could see people walking by. And I asked the voice, I said, why are people wearing what they're wearing? And they were wearing robes and gowns. And I said, why are so many of these people wearing these these gowns and these robes? And the voice said, I thought there was going to be some huge philosophical explanation, but it, he said it was just because it's more comfortable. They can wear jeans, they can wear boots, whatever they want to wear, but most people just seem to wear gowns. Mm-hmm. And outside the window was also this beautiful, pristine lake that was surrounded by weeping willow trees. It was just stunning. And The physics there are different. I know a lot of people think that, when somebody crosses over that they just exist as a ball of energy in white light and that's not true. With my experience when I was looking at those scrolls on the table I could touch the table and it was absolutely solid. So we have bodies there. They're different than these ones here. They're more energy but they're still able to hold a cup of coffee or shake someone's hand or give them a hug anything like that is still possible just like we do here but that's the perfected form that's where we're all really from in the first place then they took me to another and this was probably the best part of the whole experience they took me to the outside of another building and this was kind of like the greek parthenon with those white marble columns but it was much larger This building was so large that I couldn't see the other end or I couldn't see the opposite end of the building. That's how large it was. When I got inside the building, then I realized what this was all or what this building was. I had no idea what it was from the outside. But then when I got on the inside, I knew that it was a library, absolutely gigantic library. From what I was told, it contained all knowledge. It had bookshelves that were 20 feet high, at least, and full of every kind of knowledge you could possibly imagine. And when you were in this library, all you had to do was to think about what you wanted to learn about, and it would instantly you would instantly be, be transported to where that part in the library was. So if you wanted to learn about animals, you would just simply be moved to where that was, or you wanted to learn about geography, It would just simply take you to where that was. It was absolutely fantastic. Here's another part that was, to me, was extraordinary. To the left of this building, there were these rooms. You'd walk down two steps into these rooms from the main library. And these rooms probably were 10 to 12 feet wide, 10 feet long, something like that. They were rooms that you could actually walk in and sit down in. The voice said, go to the room to your left, which was the first room. So I went to that room and there was a woman sitting in there with long, dark, jet black hair about down to her back. She was sitting on a couch and she was wearing a purple gown and she was watching what looked like a TV show. And the voice said, go closer, see what she's watching. So as I got closer, it wasn't really a TV show. It wasn't really a video. It was like if you were watching a flat screen TV, it looked kind of like that, but it was far more technically advanced. What she was doing, she was watching an episode in the past, about 200 something years ago in the Earth's past. She was watching a battle between the U.S. Cavalry and the Native American Indians during the Plains Wars. And I thought, how in the world can she be watching a real battle that took place because there were no video recorders back then? And I thought, where in the world am I? How is it that I was having an operation? Now I'm in this building, having seen all these different things happen. That's when I started to think, Okay, I must have died and this must be what heaven is like. So I wanted to take advantage and ask questions. So I, I asked what what is this? What is this for? What is this woman watching? The voice said to me she is watching an episode in history that she wanted to learn about what really happened during the Plains Wars. So she could come into this room, find a file, turn the file on, and watch what happened in history. Well, here's the part that I found to be the absolute most amazing part of this whole thing. It's not only do you have the ability to watch history, but you can actually enter it. Now, I don't know how this happened logistically. I just know that it's possible to do so and that people do it all the time. What they do is they'll put on the screen. She would actually have the ability to get up and walk into actual living history. And she could experience it just like it happened. She could experience the sight, the touch, the smells, everything that actually happened. You couldn't get hurt or you couldn't get killed or die. You would just have the ability to experience history as it happened.
1: I just want to ask you, because it's not like this happened last year, right? You're older than 22. Right. You remember this with such clarity.
2: Oh, my gosh, I do. Yeah. And I've I've told the story many times to people for, for years. I just never told it to a radio show.
1: Are you remembering it from you telling the story before or can you visualize, still visualize each and everything you talk about?
2: I I can still visualize it. So it's probably the most crystal clear memory that I have in my my life at all.
1: I've interviewed enough people who have had near-death experiences. When people have these near-death experiences, they remain so vivid and alive much more than any memory
2: you could possibly have.
1: By you telling this story, I'm actually feeling like it's going to be so cool.
2: Oh, my gosh. I, uh, I have so much more to tell you. Okay, too. keep
1: going. I'll shut up.
2: Keep it, going. But it, it is going to be absolutely I, – I can't wait. I mean, since, since 21 years of age, I've been waiting, hoping, not not trying to do anything to to hasten it, but waiting for it to happen because it's so absolutely beautiful. It's where we're from. It's our home, it's where we go back to. But anyway, let me get to the next one. Okay. Okay, so after, after that one, they moved to the outside of another building. And this building was a castle that had a drawbridge and had all of those things in it. But it wasn't, it wasn't beaten down by weather or by age. It was absolutely perfect and pristine. That's one thing that all of these buildings had in common is they were all absolutely beautiful and pristine marble So I I was looking at the outside of the castle, and the voice said, go in. And it was beautiful. It was large. It was one of those big, large, ornate castles. So anyway, there was this red, beautiful carpet that was on the floor. And on the walls of of this castle, on the vertical walls, there were paintings. And they were paintings of kings or queens or other royalty. And as I looked around the walls and looked at all of these, and, and the pictures were life-size. In front of these paintings, about three or four feet, there was a lectern or a podium. And the podium had a book on it. The voice said, go look closer. So I went to look closer. And what these books were, they were books of this person's lifetime. The book had all of their thoughts, and it had all of their actions in it. This was like some kind of a museum. So if you wanted to go read about King George, for example, or any king or any queen, you could go here to this castle, look at this person's book, and look at what they said, what they did, what they believed in. Did they care about the people they were governing? Did they not? I mean, everything was written down and recorded. So that made me realize that everything that we say and talk about is recorded. Just like what that girl was watching on that Native American U.S. Cavalry War, everything is recorded. So nothing is lost to time. And here is something that, to this day, I still kick myself all the time when I think about it.
1: We'll be back in a moment to find out. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish.
4: Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
5: Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost? Thanks to the healthcare law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can help detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in your way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you.
4: folks we need your music hey it's producer tom at coast to coast am and every first sunday of the month we play music from emerging artists just like you if you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit it's very easy just go to coast click the emerging artist banner in the carousel follow the instructions and we just might play your music on the air go now to coast to coast am.com to send us your recording that's coast to coast am.com
0: Hi, this is George Norrie, and you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeart and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows.
1: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. Did you know there's a 40-year-old global nonprofit organization called International Association for Near-Death Studies? Find out more at ians.org. Now back to John Davis and his NDE.
2: To this day, I still kick myself all the time when I think about it. To the right of this main hallway where all these pictures and these books and lantern- lecterns were with, their, with these people's life stories, there was a big stairwell. Well, as I looked to my right, there was a woman that started walking down the stairwell to go into the main area where I was. And she was wearing a red robe and it had a, had a golden sash around it. And I looked at her and she could see me. This was the first time that anybody over there actually saw me and looked at me, and she said, Hi, do you have any questions for me about what you're looking for? And I was so dumbfounded, I didn't know what to say. So you know what I said? I said, "Uh, No, thanks. I'm just looking. How in the world could I let myself say I'm just looking? I could have said, Who are you? Where am I? Have I died? what is this place? What do you do? And I didn't say any of those things. I'm just looking and I kick myself all the time for saying that. I could have found out anything.
1: There you were in the afterlife. Somebody recognizes you. You're shocked. So forgive yourself, will you? And there'll be another I opportunity.
2: <laughs> yeah, I need to. Next, next time I won't say that for sure. She was an expert in that particular history of the earth. That's what she loved to study. And I thought, you know what, this is absolutely so amazing that you can pick something that you want to learn about, just like you do on the Earth. When you're yes. here, you, you pick something you learn about. And she loved this period of history. She was like a professor, so I could have asked her anything, but I, I just didn't think of it at the time. Next time. But anyway, it was was so fascinating was that she could see me. And that was the first time that I thought, wow, somebody can actually see me while I'm here. So after the castle... The next thing they showed me, I went to what I can only call or describe as a planetarium. You walk in and you, and you usually sit down and look up and there's this big ceiling that is just full of stars. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw the outside of the building and then I was moved inside and I sat down in the middle of the planetarium. And as soon as I sat down, I heard the voice say, begin. So the lights went out and the planetarium lit up with stars and there was a voice behind me this is not the voice that was telling me everything before this is a this is a different voice and the voice said when you look at the stars this is what you see and it started showing all the different planets in our in our solar Solar system. system and then that disappeared and then it said when we look at the stars this is what we see and all of a sudden All these planets began to show up. Yellow planets, red planets, blue, green, thousands and thousands and thousands of different planets with thousands of different galaxies. And the voice said, there is much more to the universe than you know. The voice wasn't just telling me. It was like the voice was telling all of humanity that there is so much more to space than what we look at, than what we see. And it said that there were more galaxies out there than there are grains of sand on the Earth. When I was going through this, I don't know why I was being shown these things, but I think for the planetarium part of it, I think I was just being shown that, so that I could tell others, hey, there's so much more to what you think. The next was what was called the life review. And the voice told me, we're gonna show you a life review. So there was another building. And this building was like walking into a theater, but instead of a theater that had, you know how theaters have seats going up in the back? Yeah. This was just a this was just a round building on the inside, and up at the top were screens like the movie screen. If you were going to go watch a movie, you would see one big huge movie screen in the theater. Mm-hmm. Well, this one had screens going around the entire inside of the building. And so when I got in there, all of a sudden, each screen lit up, and it had a different aspect of my life on it. If I was in childhood, it had a picture and video of that. It had video of me going to elementary school, video of me going to junior high, high school, all the way through until my present life. I was watching this this panorama of movie screens. And I was just amazed that all of this was somehow recorded. Also, what the voice said was, you are not judged. So we are not judged by God or by anybody else. We judge ourselves. The next thing I was shown was fields, miles and miles of athletic fields, like football fields. You could look out and you could see these fields going on for miles. And any kind of game that you wanted to play, whether it was soccer or baseball, rugby or football, anything like that, it was absolutely just breathtakingly beautiful to see these fields because they were all absolutely perfectly green to want to play on these fields. And because we don't have lungs, we don't have lungs to breathe through, you never get tired there. So people could actually play any kind of physical game they wanted to as long as they want. And you don't get hurt. You don't break bones because we we have bones here on the earth. But on the other side, we don't have bones. We have more energy bodies that don't get hurt. You never get tired. And I thought that was something that was just amazing because Mm -hmm. I love sports. The next thing I saw was animals. Oh, All of our animals that we've ever had and that we've ever loved are there. They're kept in these beautiful open pastures and they all play together. They all play with each other. Every animal that we've ever loved, whether it was a horse, a dog, a cow, an elephant, a ty- you know whatever it is that we loved in life will be there when we cross over for us. And they have people that watch over them, that take care of them, that play with them. And when, when people cross over, they can go get their animals and take them with them. And here's, and here's the last part. After all of that... I was next led over to another beautiful field, green grass, and I've heard other people describe this too, but everything seems to to seem alive somehow, like it's living, like the grass and the plants and the flowers and the trees and everything. They seem to be alive, just vibrant and beautiful. And anyway, just to my left, a man showed up, and so I turned and looked at him, and he was about... Maybe six feet one, six feet two, something like that, kind of a taller guy. I'm I'm only five seven, so everyone seems kinda tall to me, you know. (laughs) So anyway, he it was a man standing there and I could see that he had a white robe on with a golden sash and he had golden sandals. But that's all I could see because he was so bright. He was different than everybody else. Everyone else, I could just see exactly what they looked like. I could see their facial um, expressions. I could see their hair. I could see what they looked like. But with this person, I couldn't see that. All I could see was the feet and the robe and the sash. And this person spoke to me and he said, you must tell them there is no death. As soon as he said that, I woke up in the emergency room, back in the operating room having them try to resuscitate me. I didn't even get a chance. Nobody said, do you want to stay or do you want to go? You know, some people in their near-death experiences will hear them say, they'll give them a choice. Do you want to stay or do you want to go? I didn't even get a choice. I was just back. I think if they had asked me, I would have said, no, I want to stay. Are you kidding? I want to stay and do all this kind of stuff that everybody gets to do and and the fun that they get to have and all the joy and the love and having their friends and their family back and their animals. Of course, I want to stay there. I don't want to come back here, but I wasn't given a choice.
1: Wow, that seems like such a long experience, but I bet you weren't gone for that long, were you?
2: Yeah, I was only clinically dead for three minutes, but because there's no time, it seemed like I was there for over an hour. That part was amazing. I was only clinically dead for three, for three minutes.
1: I hear from many people that our loved ones, they're not over there grieving for us because it really is like a blink of an eye and we're all back together again.
2: That's, that's exactly true. That is exactly what happens. I got the impression that a lifetime on the earth feels like weeks or months, and that's it. That's why people over there don't necessarily mourn for us when they cross, because they know that we're going to be crossing over very quickly anyway. Even though a lifetime here may be 85 years of a person living their life, it's not that long over there. It's a very short period of time. And that's what we have to look forward to. Except that for us, when we're here, and as someone you know or you or you have had an experience like that, it's so hard to try to hold on and, and try not to get too much of your thinking about the other side wanted to go back because we can't go back until we're allowed to go back. And this person that I saw there, I don't know who it was, but he raised his arms and he said, you must tell them there is no death. And that was kind of like a little mission that I was given. Just tell people that there is no death. And that's what I've done for years. I have just never done it on such a large scale before. So that was the basics of my experience, and I think I got a lot of detail that might be able to give people some hope. That was my hope, was to give other people hope that their family, that their friends, everyone that they loved, has crossed over and that they are able to do these things and to have fun. But the one thing I did know, and this is from what The Voice said, that anybody that is crossed, you can talk to them verbally and they can hear you. I don't know if they can hear us in our minds mentally, Mentally, like if we pray. I think they probably can. But the voice just said that you can talk to them verbally and they can hear you. So I thought that was fantastic. That is fantastic.
1: I believe they can hear what we think too, but how much more powerful it is to speak and use our words and our voice because you know what it's like in our own head if we start thinking something all of a sudden other thoughts comes in and all of another you know something else and something carries us away so that thought that message might be diluted whereas if we verbalize it there's intent to speak the words we want to say
2: the last thing that I saw before I was sent back was that we don't have to work to pay bills Yay! <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to work. To, we don't have to work to pay bills. It's it's just different. You work at something that you love to do. You might want to be like that girl was, who was an expert in learning about history. You can do anything you want. You can race cars. You can grow a garden. You can be a chef, and you don't have to do it for for work it's like it makes you just want to go back I'm like why do I have to stay here why can't I just go and the reason is is we haven't finished what we're supposed to finish yet
1: we'll be back in just a minute to find out from John what we need to finish before we can go home you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network
4: We started talking about this incident
5: Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, The Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today. Visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS.
4: The best afterlife information you can get while you're alive. Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain.
1: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are with John J. Davis, near-death experiencer. John, what message would you like people to take away with them today?
2: My greatest hope is that your listeners can take my experience, along with all the others that are on your show, and kind of realize that we don't die, that there is something so absolutely incredible when we get back, and that our lives are very short, we're here to learn and to grow, and then when we're done, we get to be rewarded and go back to the other side. So that's what I can't wait for.
1: It's gonna be grand, and we've got to get some stuff tied up before we we get there. You know, yep. got to yeah, keep our integrity. Know, do what we know to do. Learn what we need to learn while we're here. Experience what we need to experience.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's exactly what I was told especially when we write everything out. We write and plan our lifetimes. What are the main objectives we want to complete? And there's a lot of tendency to want to judge somebody. Maybe somebody is homeless versus somebody who is rich, but the person that is homeless actually has accomplished everything that they want to accomplish or that you don't even know what their level of spirituality might be. So it's really hard to judge and look at people's lives when we don't know what they charted to accomplish.
1: Yeah, it's very true. I have a question. I'm sure in your life you've studied other near-death experiences. Is that Uh, fair to say that you've read others? There are different ones. So your experience is different than others I've heard. It sounds to me like there's not a one-size-fits-all afterlife experience we all have. Do you have any thoughts on different kind of experiences people have or why?
2: You know, the ones that I've always heard of were the ones that happened before somebody crossed over. A lot of people's experiences happen before they actually get to the light. A lot of people's experience will they'll, they'll be like, okay, they're in surgery or they get hit by a car or some accident happens and they find themselves floating above their bodies. And it's a very pleasant, very exhilarating experience. And then all of a sudden they get taken up into the light. And then they see family members or friends or animals, and they will say, do you want to leave or do you want to stay? Or oftentimes you'll hear them say that I was told I had to come back. Those are the ones that I've always noticed that seem to be similar. With my experience, I bypassed that light altogether, and I bypassed the tunnel altogether and was just on the other side. And maybe that was supposed to happen so that I could actually tell people here's what I saw on the other side. Maybe it will give you some more hope that everything is going to be okay ultimately. But to answer your question, it does seem like there are similarities and then when people cross over, there are differences. And I, I don't know how to explain that. I didn't really see all that much of it in terms of being able to explain why there were
1: things that were different. Mm. Well, that's okay. Oh, gosh, if you ask anybody what it's like coming to planet Earth, depending on where you live, what family you're in, what culture you're in, what religion yeah. you belong to, people will tell different stories, but there's a lot of similarities. and Absolutely. So there seem to yeah. be a lot of similarities with the life review, these halls of knowledge, your loved ones being there, your uh, animals being there. And I, I don't know yeah. if you're familiar with Anita Morjani's experience. Oh. Um, Yeah, he'd love that. She has a book called Dying to Be Me. She had stage four cancer of some sort that had just totally taken over her body. She was given last rites. It was over for her. And she was recently engaged to be married. And in her near-death experience, she was brought to see another reality. And the deal was, there was a deal, that she could come back and be healed but in exchange she's got to tell people same thing we don't die there's a this much bigger purpose there's so much more going on i listened to her audio book and it's just one of the most fantastic books i've ever heard she ended up opening her eyes and within a couple of weeks the cancer everything reversed and she's one of those, you know, documented miracles because it's all in the books that there's no way people turn around like this health-wise. But she did.
2: Well, especially not at stage four.
1: And in exchange, guess what she does for a living? She is helping mankind believe that there's a bigger picture. Once there's this belief in the afterlife, it is my focus, my passion, that one, it helps people who are grieving. But on the other hand, it's like, Ooh! if we don't die, our life has to be for a purpose. Could you just kind of touch upon how you think your life is different now versus if you had been that 21 year old that had never had a near death experience? Do you think you live a a richer kind of life?
2: Before I had the experience, I had always believed that there was something more. I had had some really unique experiences when I was a little kid about astral projection, astral flying around, things like that when when I was little. So I always believed that there was something, but I just didn't know what it was. And I think if I didn't have the experience that I had, I would be much more focused on material things, judging my value or my worth by what I've actually accomplished, rather than looking at my life and realizing that everybody is here to try to learn and to try to grow, and that we're all here to try to help each other. I think if I didn't have the experience that I had with this near-death experience, I would be much more materialistic and looking at myself as my accomplishments are by what, I have, what I've done instead of who I have helped. Because the bottom line is when we do our life reviews, really what matters is who did you love? Who did you help? Who did you care for? Did you make a difference with your life? Nobody ever asks, well, how much money did you make? Did you have a large house? Was your house 5,000 square feet or was it 15,000 square feet? What kind of
1: car did you drive?
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Things like that are absolutely so irrelevant to what spiritual growth is. But again, it's hard to be here. From what I got, I got the impression that Earth was one of the hardest places to be among all the other types of planets that are out there. And I would say that in my experience, that's that's very true. Mm-hmm. I would people, agree. Yeah, people have all kinds of things happen here. You lose children, you lose a spouse, you, know, you get some kind of disease. And
1: oh, pain, suffering.
2: Yes, yes. And, and all of that that goes on all over the world to make us reach out and try to help others and try to make their lives better, because that's what's important.
1: I know what you mean. If these stories and these interviews can touch one person that has had a loved one cross over, we'll use that expression, and it can bring just a little bit of lightness to their day and a little bit of faith. That's exactly. About. I just want you to visualize this place because our loved ones are there too. And with the excitement, they'll have to greet us. So it's okay. called Rainbow Bridge, and it's one of these anonymous writer's Just this side of heaven is a place called Rainbow Bridge. When an animal dies that has been especially close to someone here, that pet goes to the Rainbow Bridge. There are meadows and hills for all of our special friends so that they can run and play together. There is plenty of food, water, and sunshine, and our friends are warm and comfortable. All the animals who had been ill and old are restored to health and vigor those who were hurt or maimed are made whole and strong again just as we remember them in our dreams of days and times gone by the animals are happy and content except for one thing they each miss someone very special to them who had to be left behind they all run and play together but the day comes when suddenly one stops and looks into the distance His bright eyes are intent. His eager body quivers. Suddenly he begins to run from the group, flying over the green grass, his legs carrying him faster and faster. You have been spotted. And when you and your special friend finally meet, you cling together in joyous reunion, never to be parted again. The happy kisses rain upon your face. Your hands again caress the beloved head. And you look once more into the trusting eyes of your pet. So long gone from your life, but never absent from your heart. Then you cross the Rainbow Bridge together.
2: Wow, that's absolutely beautiful. I've never heard that before, but it's absolutely beautiful.
1: Yeah, your description just reminded me of that. I had a great reading with a medium once and she brought through my grandmother and she says your grandmother wants you to know she's with the kitties well i had two cats millie and ozzy and she used to call them the kitties and i thought that's great and this medium says and now she's singing i'm just wild about harry she says does that mean anything to you and i said harry is my new cat oh really but it was one of those things where, like, I really get that she's watching over them. I'll see Grammy again. I'll see the kitties again. You know, just, we all will. And so your, Absolutely. Yeah. your experience, it just made it alive for me. It's hard okay. when we miss people. And grief is, I think, the worst pain we can feel. But if we can sit tight and know that you know, from their perspective, it's a blink of an eye. We'll be together again. And if we can live our lives the best as we can before we go on our journey, that that's what it's about.
2: Exactly. That's exactly what it's about. Because we have to review it all. Wow.
1: John, thank you. Do you have anything else you'd like to share?
2: The last thing I would say was that is as hard as this life can be sometimes, and is, I don't know if I should say brutal, but it, With all the things that can happen, all the brutal things that can happen to people in life, there's a reason for all of it. Sometime will be our time to go home again, and we don't know when that's going to be. But every one of us has that as as our goal is to finish and go home. And no matter how much pain or suffering somebody is going through right now, it's going to end when it's our time to go home. And we just don't know when that will be. It could be tomorrow. It could be in a couple of years, or it could be 50 years, right. but at some point, that pain is going to stop when we cross over and ask for your loved ones to help and talk out verbally to them, asking them for help. And also not just them, but also your guide. We have guides that help us and help us stay on our path. And if we just stay on our path to try to love God and help people and then do the best we can, that we'll have a successful life when we cross over. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sandra, for having me on the show. I had such a wonderful time, and I so enjoyed talking with you.
1: Oh, me too. Me too. Is there a way or that people can get in touch with you?
2: On um, Facebook, I'm under John J. Davis.
1: Thank you once again to John J. Davis, and we'll most certainly be talking more about near-death experiences in upcoming episodes. But until then, I wholeheartedly recommend you check out iands.org. That's the letters I-A-N-D-S.org. I also recommend that you read or listen to the audiobook of Anita Morjani's Dying to Be Me. There's also a program she delivers on the SHIFT Network, And you can find out more at shiftanita.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Sandra Champlain, and you've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.